1: What's up, everybody? And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SP Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We are recording on Wednesday, August 3rd, to be exact. And I'm your host, Rachel Prevet. As always, joined by the one and only QB expert, my co-host, Mark Schofield. And as you can see, we have another special guest joining us today as we begin to talk about training camp and what's going on. He's actually been covering everything. So we get to see from his perspective how things are going physically there. And so his name is Chris Franklin and he is the Philadelphia Eagles beat writer for NJ.com. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I, I appreciate this. It's middle of training camp. It's it's time. Football's back. So I'm looking forward to this and thank you guys for having me on.
0: Well, Chris, we're excited to have you here. we got a ton of stuff to dive into. So we can kick it off sort of this way. Pads have gone on now around the league and teams have put the pads on. We're starting to get contact. How has the energy level been a practice who has stood out to you now that the pads are on it? Has anybody sort of stepped forward because sometimes you see guys when the pads are off, they are playing well, but then sort of separate when the pads go on. So have you seen something like that as well?
2: Well, I think overall I'll start with the energy. The energy overall has been pretty decent, you know, you expect, especially the Eagles. They don't do a lot of physical stuff when it comes to the hitting or the tackling in the ground and stuff like that. But when you look at what they're doing and the practices are shorter too, Compared to so many other ones, so when you look at take that into account, they're making the most of the time that they have while not being as physical as they could be when it comes to that. So you'll see the time between different reps are happening. I mean, Nick Sirianni said he's even has an incentive right now that he's given to Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. We don't know where it is. I would love to know what it is, but excuse me, they're trying to give him his incentive so that if practice ends shorter than what they actually want to do, they get something. Maybe green stuff? I don't know. Eh, but stuff like that is, is pretty interesting to see. So I think overall the energy is pretty good when it comes to that. And then overall, when the guys come, standout guys, I mean, one guy, linebacker Davion Taylor. I, I've been really impressed by the way he's played overall. I mean, the kid came out, Colorado, still pretty new to, the fo- to football, and he's been studying. He's been physical, but he's also had a lot of injuries. He tore his MCL last year, we found out yesterday. And to see him come back on the field, flying around, making plays, he seems like he's around the ball a lot. So he's one guy I've been uh, really impressed with, and I'm encouraged to see what he's able to continue to do through training camp, especially with the pass being on. He looked good yesterday, too.
1: We all know that the Eagles did a phenomenal job this offseason, especially addressing the defensive side of the ball. And one of those draft picks who everybody is so excited to see is Jordan Davis. So what has he been looking like so far?
2: They had a one-on-one mm-hmm. session. Where it's just offensive line versus defensive line. I mean, he powered through lot. the only person that stopped him was the second round pick, Cam Jurgens. This man, six six and like being three forty, and to use his strength. I mean, the guy is strong and he's quick too. He's looked pretty good. He's got some first he got some first team reps. Uh, mainly Fletcher Cox is recovering from COVID himself. But also he was, he got his chance to shine and and he's able he's in the backfield a lot. He got a tackle for a loss. And though I'm curious about the way they use him, especially too, because when he was at Georgia, one thing that I thought benefited as well too, especially on the first, second down, they used him in that tilt position where he sort of go line up on the shoulder of the center. And if I'm an opposing center and I look at a guy who is a lot bigger than most defensive tackles, who's as quick as he is, and he's coming on my snap side and he's probably got like a half-second head start of me, you're going to have to double-team him. And then if you do that, that's going to have a domino effect down the line. So his presence, if he continues to grow, I think his presence can open up things for Javon Hargrave, Asan Reddick coming off the edge, Derek Burnett, Brandon Graham. That whole defensive line can be a domino effect. And they can, and they need it, especially who finished with 29 sacks last year. He was next to last in the league. They, they need a shot in the arm when it comes to that pass rush. I think he can help them with that.
0: Chris, another area that Eagles fans were hoping for a shot in the arm was on the second level of the defense. And then you add in to Kobe Dean, who they drafted in the third round, who a lot of people thought might have been a steal in the third. How has he looked? And did the Eagles, in your mind, get that steal in the third round with Dean fall into them where he did?
2: He's been pretty decent, you know. He's still learning. He was learning the uh, middle linebacker spot. It makes sense because you know when he's at Georgia. This where he played mostly. So he's he learned that one, and it looks like they're going to try to move him on the weak side as well too. And he see he has it consistently flashed. He's still getting the sense of that, but you see the speed, you see the anticipation, you see the athleticism there. I'm starting to think he's really starting to put it together a lot. And when you have a guy like Dean who has that the intangibles and the instincts of that. If you couple him with like a TJ Adwards, we couple him with Taylor, when you couple him with right and, and just the different things, the looks they can throw at you. Jonathan Gannon likes to use that Vic Vangio under 4-3 under look where you mix it out. If you have him on the outside, because you know he's a good pass rusher, which I want to see him develop that a little bit more at the NFL level, if he can get a good pass rush move and continue that coverage aspect. Now you have two linebackers. You really have the game plan. You can't really just say, okay, we're going to shift uh, to Reddit because we don't know if Dean's coming. you got to really take take that into account. So he still has a little work to do, but overall it's, it's been pretty positive.
1: Staying with the defense, what has been your impression of James Bradbury?
2: I've been pleasantly surprised. And may, maybe I had the the image of uh, and the image of the first mini camp practice he had where he looks like he was still learning his system and got beat a couple times deep, and I was like, Oh, I know. I know it was a salary cap thing with the Giants leaving him, let him go. But I was like, uh, maybe there's something to it. But then you can see he's gotten more comfortable within the system, and he's looked pretty good. He's been one of the better defenders in camp. I mean, he had he's gotten some good pass breakups on Devonta Smith. He's he's worked against AJ Brown as well too. I mean that one on one, and I go back to the one on ones when it came to the receivers and cornerbacks. He had a couple of good, nice pass breakups as well too. And you see that instinct. You see that in the instincts he brings that veteran instinct. He I love the fact that he loves to bait the quarterback. I love he – play, he plays the little cat and mouse game very, very well. And you're starting to see that when it comes to some – in the coverage when it goes against the first-team offense. And, hey, look, you add him with Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. And I know Stephen Nelson was, did a decent job last year, but I think Bradbury's even that next level. And I think he can get – I think that, cover, that secondary now is a lot better than what it was the last couple of years. So that Bradbury signing overall is looking to be pretty good.
0: Chris, you brought up A.J. Brown, and we can sort of shift to the offensive side of the ball. Our our mutual friend Mike Kay talked about him earlier this week, saying he's like the prototypical X receiver, and I think that's sort of exactly right. How has he fit in with this offense? And similar to the domino effect you talked about with Jordan Davis, do you think there will be a similar one for the offense where Brown's sort of at the X, Smith can then sort of play off ball, and it's going to help really this entire passing game with him in in the lineup?
2: I really think so, because the one thing I thought this receiving core lacked was that big, powerful, physical guy? The Devonta Smith, he can, he can line up at the exit and, and use his skill to get off the ball and create some separation. But now you have a bigger target, a, a bigger guy with AJ Brown, and he can, he, he can play, for lack of a better he can play bully ball if you want to. If you want to get a corner to come up with you and press, he can just use his physical aspects, push him off a little bit within the five yards, and get, turn his big target right in the middle of the thing and present himself. He uh, gives him a good target for Hurts. And I think overall, when you look at what he's able and able to do, when it comes to either short and especially that intermediate pass game, where I think this offense could really excel and needs to do better year over year, I think he brings that. If you put him on a slant, if you put him on that hook, you put him on or anything across anything, like running run the mesh concepts. When you have that in the middle field, get him on a get him on against a, a linebacker or a safety, even formationally. And I want to really want to see what Sirianni does to scheme him to be open. Do, do you see more? ones where he's by himself and then you have like two or three other receivers on the outside and just get some coverage. I think you can really, to me that's, that's easy yards. You can pick up and sustain things. And overall he's going to take away a couple of double teams against Devonta Smith. He's going to take away double teams against Dallas Goddard. And I think also now it's going to help the run game. It's hard to believe, especially with the, leading the, rush, the rushing things you would have to keep both safeties back when next, now you have Devonta Smith and AJ yeah. Brown. You don't know if they're going deep. So now that benefits miles Sanders, potentially getting more than 5.5 yards per carry. So Overall it's just a domino effect across the whole entire
1: offense. When I've been looking at some of like the training camp notes from beat reporters covering the Eagles as well, um, I haven't been seeing too much about Devontae Smith. Has he been quiet from your perspective in training camp so far?
2: Oh, he's been still good. Okay. <laughs> he's he's still, okay. he's still he's still he's still it. and it's, it's almost like you get that shiny new toy. Yeah, you have okay. it's like, oh, it's cool, cool. Meanwhile, you're like, oh yeah, we have the same thing. All right, cool. But no, yeah. you see little develops and the one thing that I like that he's done is he's really started to take Keaton, think of AJ Brown's big brother. He's really listened to what he's saying. You see, you see some of the little, little nuances that AJ Brown does. He's starting to incorporate into his when it starts to sizing up the cornerbacks even more and, and little nuances when it comes to his footwork and getting out the routes. And he's making some. He's making something that I want that it's going to be tough because there's he, only one ball around. You have – they can really you can see like easily a hundred targets for both guys like if you put them on another offense they're the one they're the number one the number receiver in my opinion right. especially a lot of them so mm-hmm. yeah you have two of them and then you have to be tight end it's tough to see who's gonna get that target share and I think but I think overall when you look at what Smith's done to this point, mm-hmm. he's been good. Yeah I think he's been good overall and he makes a couple he made a couple of nice especially on those little like fade routes as well too. So this office can be dynamic, but it's going to star quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get to Jalen in a minute. This is the QB factory after all. But, Chris, with the pads <laughs> on, we get a better feel for the guys up front. How has the offensive line looked? Because I think in all the discussion about Kurtz and the weapons, the offensive line and their importance, I think, has kind of been undersold a bit. How have they looked? The one thing I was
2: really looking at, especially when, when you have – so many guys that, that new continuity went in for so long and Brandon Brooks going around. I was really worried about the right guard spot, I just say Amalo. And thus far, with him coming back off of this Frank injury, with him switching from the left to the right side, which is it, it's, it's a lot harder than I think a lot of people right. appreciate. He's held his own. And I also was worried about the chemistry he and Lane Johnson were going to build because you're so used to working on somebody on one side, now you gotta build that up quickly. They've held their own. And then you have Landon Johnson, oh sorry. Yeah, Landon Dickerson. Oh, I just mixed them up with that. Landon Dickerson along with Jordan Milan on that side, it's been all right. Kelsey's been in and out a little bit because he started camp with the uh, recovering COVID, but this also will allow Cam Jurgens to get more reps as well too in the middle, and he's looked decent. He still needs to pick up a little bit when it comes to pointing out the protections, and he's admitted it as well too. We've talked to him, pointing out, okay, oh, this is this look, this is this look. He's trying to get more used to it, but when you look at – he's making some – I'd rather see him make – some physical mistakes more than mental mistakes. And, and he's held up on the physical side of that. just getting, taking everything all together. But this office of line is as long as Jeff Stout wins around here in Philadelphia, I think this office of line is going to be easily top three every, every year.
1: One of the biggest storylines that we've been seeing is that Kenny Gainwell has been running, getting reps with the first team and Miles Sanders on the opposite side has been, you know, getting those reps with the twos. And so is this something that we need to be looking into? Like, should we be starting to overreact? I
2: don't think necessarily, not not so much right now. I think just like what you have with Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, I think it started to turn more into a 1A, 1B. I think especially a training camp, I want to I guess especially there's more it seems like there's more passing and more focus, especially when he begins with no pads, you might as well see what you can do with the passing attack. So I wanted to see. I wonder if they're trying to use a little bit more with Gainwell and see what aspects they try with that. But I will say this: compared to what he first came in last year, and even through the middle of last season, to what he's doing now, he actually looks a little bit quicker. He looks a little bit thicker too. And I think especially <laughs> last year, when you see this guy's like, man, he's a little shorter, sort of shorter size and st- stature as a running back. But he was one of the leaders when it came to red zone touchdowns. You're like, huh? How's that possible? Nobody can. Is this right. just because nobody can see him behind that line? But he looks overall, but one thing I really like about him is that he when he may run in his own concept, he just goes goes, stretches it out, plants on the foot and just goes up instead of dancing around a little bit. I think Miles Sam, Miles Sanders is still gonna be a the starter. There's no other thing, but I think you need to get more reps with Kenny Gainwell because if Sanders if the Eagles decide they don't want to pay him and then Gainwell, you still have Gainwell, you might as well get him more and just move him up to number one when he uh, if Sanders decides to leave.
0: Let's get to the reason we're here, Chris, and that's the quarterback position. This is a show titled The QB Factory. they <laughs> have got to talk Jalen Hurts, obviously, and you even alluded to it, right? All the additions they made on both sides of the ball, there's tons of excitement about this, this Eagles team, but it might come down to Hurts. How has he looked so far, and do you think he can take that step forward that everybody has been sort of clamoring for?
2: I think so far this camp, he's... Been pretty good. I mean, there's been days where you look at you're like, wow, this guy, guy's looking really good. Like he could be the star. There's days where he makes a, a decision or two. You're like, what is he doing there? I'll give you one example. The one thing I really want to see him do better this year is stay in the pocket, maneuver in there, and, and get more time. And he's done that, Cause especially when you have an offensive line. He had the most time behind that offensive line in the pocket, anything. I think it's like two point seven seconds, which doesn't sound a lot, but in NFL, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like a lifetime. He had that, and he didn't take advantage of it all the time. I think that injury, when he had an ankle injury, he was forced to, and then you saw he got better at it. So on one of the plays, he had a, they actually sent a blitz on him. He stood up in the pocket. He looked comfortable and there, stepped up, and he threw a good strike to Devonta Smith. And you're like, wow, you see the progression. Then another practice you see where he's going, he's, basically he loses the pocket, the pocket breaks down. He runs on the outside. He has Kenny Gainwell on out as an outlet, and then he threw across the middle and was picked off. So you see things – I know guys like to try different things and see if they can do it in certain situations, especially in training camp. But you see that, especially with this offense, you just got to – you have to take what is given to you. Like You have to take the out—the outlets because these guys can – all these pieces, they are really good at yards after the catch. They can make big plays and continue these drives. So overall, he's – I think he looks decent. There's still some things he needs to improve. I like that his throwing motion. He worked out in Southern California or Tom House. I like that his release looks more compact. His footwork looks a lot better when he first came in. You see him moving moving around. It, it looks a lot better, and he's. I think the more rep, he needs more reps. I think, especially too, the anticipation. I like his timing routes that he's developed with AJ Brown. I think that's been really good for him. I mean, it he kind of helps with your best friends or your team, and then you got the other guy you play college with. got that, but the timing is down. So, I think it's been more positive than negatives, and I think this season he can take a leap. I truly do, but he has to take. Those, he has to utilize the check downs a little bit
0: more because I think they'll give more op- opportunities for his offense to thrive. Something else you touched on, Chris, when you were talking about A.J. Brown was the throws, say, in the intermediate area of the field, sometimes between the numbers, between the hashes. That's been kind of inconsistent from Hertz. Do you think Brown's presence and their chemistry will help them fill out that portion of the field, help them attack that area of the defense?
2: I think so, too. I mean, you have a big target right there, uh, a big target, and especially in, in when you have him going in there, especially if teams want to play a lot more zone, knowing that Hurts is a lot more as athletic and they want to get those eyes looking towards him, you're going to have to pick apart and, and work in that middle of the field. And usually you're going to have a linebacker or a safety in those areas. You want to go, you want to see a, like those little two, the cover three looks or you know, underneath or a cover like a Tampa two, especially when you have a middle linebacker, you have to take advantage of those. And when you have a, the catch radius and you have that size that AJ Brown has in there. I think that's going to help him out a lot when it comes to that. And the other thing is going to be, I think you have, a, you'll see a lot more. bunch. I think if they run, run more bunch as well, too, I think that will help him out because you get the breakouts and then he'll just sit around in the middle. So the timing, the timing aspects going to be important with that. I think that it comes with the anticipation and the experience that he's going to need. So Brown's going to help with that. It's a matter of if Hurts can continue to develop in order to take advantage of it.
1: I think we can all agree that this is going to be a year that Hurts is under a lot of pressure because he's trying to prove himself. If he can't develop into that franchise quarterback for the Eagles, where do they go from there?
2: I mean, with two first-round draft picks, whew. <laughs> they, I mean, they have, a, they have the ability to maneuver. Like, Howie Rose was they, uh, Howie Rose was really good at, moving up up and down the draft board. I mean, we saw when they got, were able to select Wentz. Now, looking back at what Wentz has become, you know, it's like, eh, mm-hmm. but he did have right. this for early on Wentz. you like, all right, cool, it looked good. But I think I think they would go young, and especially with him having one more year left on his contract, let him get one more chance. I mean, it could be something like, – I'm not before anybody thinks I'm not calling him Aaron Rodgers, but it could be something <laughs> like where you have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, something similar to that. And if Hurts takes off in year four, then you still have a good backup, to develop and then trade away if you want to, or so have you, or if Hertz decides to go, if it doesn't play up well, or he's still middling. Then you can go in, uh and then go with uh, what's his name? You go with whoever you draft. I mean, I wouldn't put also wouldn't put out a veteran guide as well too, especially if you dangle those two first round picks, depends who comes available. I mean, we know it's not Russ because he's in Denver, you know. Yeah. But you're, yeah. Gonna, you're, you're gonna hear some disgruntled quarterback pop up out of nowhere, so that's another option to do. But so I, I really think they would go the young route and then. Try to develop that guy, something that fits what Nick Sirianni is looking to do. But it's going to be, it's going to be, it's one of the stream or another. I think it's going to be either he plays so bad or he doesn't show development and they get that young guy, or he's getting the extension because he's playing so well. That, that middle ground,
0: is, I think it's just getting smaller and smaller. I think it's going to be one or the other. Since this is the QB factor where we talk all quarterbacks, not just the starter, and so do we have a battle at all for QB two, or is this Gardner Minshew's job? And they're sort of looking at Carson Strong as like a medical redshirt year to see what they have next year, maybe potentially he's the young guy they look at in a worst case scenario. I thought, see, coming in, I thought Gardner Minshew would be like
2: the the dangled trade piece because he'd play well enough, and somebody got an injury, and they coming I mean, that one. Right, he hasn't had the sharpest camp at all. I mean, he's really? thrown a couple of questionable interceptions. You see, it's been, it's, it's almost like you can almost started, i sorry, you started Twitter account pretty much, did, did Gardner Minshew throw an interception day? It'd be yes, yes, yes. He's starting to get to that point where you're looking like, wow, what's going on here? But hey, maybe it's another thing, like, just like I say, what hurts, maybe it's a thing where he's trying to work on some stuff. But I think right now, Strong, he's he's had his own struggles. He admitted that he, like, uh, a couple of days ago, that was his first 11 on 11 reps and he was like, he's trying to get his timing down. He's trying to get UC NFL speed. The guy I've been surprised with, I thought it was going to be a battle for the QB3 between Sennett and Strong, especially too. Recent actually looked pretty decent. He's not going to be at the level where he's going to take Minshew's job. I think it's a big divide still on that one, but I think he's played well enough that that's his job to keep, and the question becomes, Strong, you know the physical tools that Strong has, especially with that arm. Right. If you release him, somebody going to do that that's why I think if you I, I'm really looking at that first cuts because what the Eagles did last year they released when at least a lot of those guys they wanted to keep they put them in those first cuts and they signed them that way if he's among those first cuts to try to stop another team then we know that if he's along the last one I wonder if somebody's going to try to pick him up even though they gave him a lot of money right. as a, a drafted free agent but yeah uh, who would have thought you would say like recent that Ed would have better quote unquote like practice <laughs> uh, training cap snaps in the yeah <laughs>
1: What would you say are the expectations for jerts, oh not jerts, Jalen Hurts for the remainder of training camp?
2: I think the big thing is gonna be consistency. And with him, it's, it's it's a lot of boom or bust with it, it seems like here and there. I think as long as he consistently shows that he continues the accuracy, he's been they've been practicing a lot of short and intermediate stuff. They haven't really tried to go over the top only a couple of times, but if he continues to show consistency in his accuracy. If he continues to, I think he's got this offense down very well, which especially the second year. I mean, he's even mentioned that this is the first time since he was in high school he's been in the same offensive system, so it's it's crazy on that one. But I think overall, if he can remain consistent, shows that he can throw that sh- those short yards, those intermediate routes, continues to get that timing, and continue to stack those days up. I think everybody will feel better now. If he starts to re- have pretty much the same thing where it's always fluctuating or it starts working backwards. Then I think that's where everybody's going to go. All right, we we had it. We had them going out to a quick start. Is it really going to be? Is this team going to be really as good as that with you? But I think it'll work out in the end.
0: All right, Chris. Biggest question of the show. All Richelle right. and I are dying to know this. Did you see Top Gun Maverick and what did you think? And if you haven't seen it, are you going to go fix that right now?
2: I have not seen it. In fact, I haven't seen the original Top Gun in about 10 years.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> no. That's the reaction we want to see. That's the reactor.
2: <laughs> You're <laughs> killing us. Yes, come on. Uh, to, to take the words of a of a former Eagles coach, <clears throat> I gotta do a better job uh with my top gun and uh put myself in a position to sit in the seat and watch it. Um <laughs> we're gonna make sure we do that. And, uh, so I'll have a ham sandwich afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still waiting for us. We're still, still waiting for. A, I still have to watch it. There's there's so many movies on my list. I mean, we, we thought our, our friend Mike. Hey, I still haven't watched Tombstone,
0: and I'm getting that still for that one too. I still haven't watched that. I'm go get the DVD and mail it to you by the end of the day on Tombstone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to so DM cool. Mike right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, try, yeah, you, I tried, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. trying. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I'm still, wor- I'm still working on the I'm still working on a bunch of other stuff. I'm rewatching. I still got to finish some of the Marvel stuff. Like yeah. I haven't finished, finished uh, Captain Winter of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I haven't finished that. I still haven't watched Loki. I, I'm so far behind on all my other stuff. It's
0: Chris. Isn't it, isn't the problem that just there's too much good stuff out there? You can't find time to see it all.
2: There's that. There's the, wow, Chris, you need to get out more and stop looking at video YouTubes mm-hmm. of what a cover three can do against a cover one at all. And right. I, I, to, I, I swear, there's, there's,
0: there's, there's a life inside of here. I got to get in touch <laughs> with it and find it again. It's tough. <laughs> I, I, will, if I have to. I will bring my copy of Tombstone to Indy for the Combine. I will give it to you, <laughs> you know? when we are out there. By the way, Chris, what was your favorite indie restaurant? Was it oh. was it Roos Chris when we had dinner? Or was that it that
2: that whole entire – that was my first time meeting all you guys. That was the funniest <laughs> – that was the funniest get-together I've been in a while. That's good. I mean, Prime 47 is really cool just because, you see, it's like I, – and I thought I was, like, hanging out late, like, all right, 2 or 3 a.m. like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm calling at night. Meanwhile, I see a van coming up and people going, out. all right, cool. We're ready to party. And they're like, what are you guys doing? It's like,
0: 4 in the morning. <laughs> we got to get on. Like, all
2: right. No, nah, I'm tapping out. I'm going out with you, too, now nah, yeah. that 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 Ruth Chris night was just it, <laughs> it, it, top top five. It was sports writers' night. It was that much fun.
0: Wow! See, I've been telling Rachel she's got to get to the combine next year. You have
2: to. Yeah, yeah. I, it, that last year was my first one. It was uh, it was eye opening. One, two is so much more, and three, being a football junkie, it's it's so It sounds like one's like oh, it's just Cliff cleansbury walking down the street. Wait, what? Okay, <laughs> let me run it this way too. It's it's a perfectly everything's within walking distance. I'm glad it's back in Indy, but
0: yeah, oh, and that Ruth Chris night was. Well, fun. we'll we'll do Roots Chris again next next call by. To. We'll get Rachel to dinner with us. Yes, yes, have to, have to. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much, Chris, for taking the time to chat with us like we really, really appreciate it. We know the listeners are going to love this episode for all you lovely listeners out there. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, all that good stuff. And before we leave, Chris, do you have any plugs that you want to leave? Where can everybody find your work, find you on social media?
2: Sure. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you guys very much for for inviting me. It's it's a lot of fun today. Uh, You can find work on NJ.com slash Eagles you can follow me on Twitter, see Franklin News. Same with Instagram as well, too. Posting some videos from what's going on at Eagles training camp and try to keep you guys as form as best informed as I can. But thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Chris, man. Appreciate it.